This episode of the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast is sponsored by The Lady and the Caddy. They create the perfect setting for a successful golf tournament or expo for any type of organization. The Lady and the Caddy also offer group golf clinics with their certified golf teaching professionals. Let them be your first step to having an unforgettable experience. Welcome to the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I am your host and purpose career coach, Michelle Glover. Imagine how you could feel if every day you walked into work, you felt like you were walking in your purpose. That is what I call professional peace. Join me as I talk with leaders and they share their authentic journeys of purpose discovery and how they found professional peace in corporate America. Your journey to a purposeful career transformation starts now. Welcome to today's episode of the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast, where I'm joined by special guest, Michael Glover Jr. Yes, he is my brother. And he is also an assistant principal at a middle school in Columbia, South Carolina, where he serves a class of over 300 seventh grade students. Prior to his role in administration, he worked as a seventh grade social studies teacher at a rural school in South Carolina where he was voted by his colleagues as the Fairfield Middle School Teacher of the Year, and he was recognized and voted by the students as the best social studies teacher of the year. I can tell you Michael's journey to finding and operating in his purpose has not been a smooth and easy road, but this episode is guaranteed to encourage and uplift you to persevere to purpose. He will give encouraging words and his own testimony and how he managed to push through the struggles to get to where God would have him to be. So with that being said, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I am your host, Michelle Glover, and I am so excited to have the special guest, Michael Glover Jr., who is an assistant principal at a middle school in Columbia, South Carolina. And you may have caught by the last name that this is my brother. So Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and um, see what happens when you know people in high places. You get <laughs> invited to, to podcasts over here. So Right. Invited, voluntold. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I am so excited to have Michael on the show. Not only is he my brother, but he has an amazing journey of how he got to where he is. And I know this journey is going to inspire and encourage and uplift this audience. So of course I had to have him on the show, not just because he's my brother, just because he has an amazing testimony. So Michael, I'm gonna start you like I start everybody in terms of passion in the workplace and tell us what brings you professional joy. I think what brings me professional joy is just having the opportunity to work with kids. I've worked with students and kids in various capacities for over 25 years. And it's crazy for me to say that out loud, but it's true. Whether it was a summer day camp director, after school program coordinator, a basketball coach, teacher, and now an assistant principal. So just having the opportunity to make a positive impact on children's lives, uh, that's what really inspires me. Awesome. And so back in the day, yes, I also was a summer camp director. So I've seen the journey. But, you know, when you think about, you know, you know, we know what brings you professional joy, but how did you find it? Like, how did you find your purpose? 
Well, when I initially went to college, I wanted to go into medicine in actuality. And I didn't do a great job studying and doing the things that I needed to do. Chemistry was not my friend. And mm -hmm. as a result, me playing around, not doing what I needed to do, I was on academic probation. And mom and dad are going to kill me for saying this because they do not know this to this day. But when I got off of academic probation, I was living at home at the time and I would get up every day and I would drive to campus and I would go play basketball or I'd go to the computer lab and just sit there and do nothing all day, never going to class or anything. And uh -oh, so, hey, mom and dad. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I made it now. I made it now. So. Right, right. But anyway, I wound up, of course, getting kicked out of school. And while I was home, dad was just like, you know, you need to figure out what you're going to do with yourself, what you're going to do with your life. And it really made me think. And so I had to reassess what it is that I wanted. And I looked at substitute teaching at the time, and I really enjoyed it. I was volunteering at a rec league, coaching basketball. And I wanted to start mentoring. I knew I wanted to work with kids. I wanted to start mentoring. And so basically, I wound up going in substitute teaching. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I went back to school. I went to Midlands Tech. And when I was at Midlands Tech, I was able to get my GPA back up. And then I transferred to Winthrop. So while at Winthrop, I changed my major and I knew I wanted to go into education at that time. The only thing that made it difficult was that transferring to Winthrop, I lost a year of credit. Plus, when I changed my major, I lost another year. Mm -hmm. And so here it is. I was sitting out of school. I've already, I was already out of school, suspended or academic probation for a semester. I played around for a semester. I sat out of school for a semester. I lost a year, two years actually. And so while I was at Winthrop, I was just ready to get out. I was ready to graduate. I was ready to walk across the stage, get my degree, and that was it. And my counselor or my advisor, my academic advisor actually told me, hey, if you stick around for another year and a half, two years, you can get your teaching degree. But by this time, I'm a super duper senior. I'm 25 mm -hmm. years old in college. And I'm like, I'm just ready to go. I'll take my chances. Everybody was telling me, oh, as a black man, they're going to snatch you up, you know, mm -hmm. in education. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll go out and I'll take my chances. And so I graduated from Winthrop. I went on several interviews for teaching and everybody told me the same thing. Mr. Glover, we would love to hire you. However, you don't have your degree. Right. And so it made me take a step back and I was just like, okay, well, what do I want to do? Because I, I wasn't in mind space to go back to school at this point. And so I started volunteering and I started mentoring. I started uh, Reach One, Save One, which was uh, my mentoring program. And my dad and I would mentor kids from the church. But I also said I wanted to have a little bit more teeth into it. And the only way I could do that is if I kind of got into the trenches. And so I started mentoring at DJJ mm -hmm. and I was mentoring there. And that led to me actually working at DJJ as a juvenile correctional officer. 
And so I did that for a year and a half or so. I left DJJ. I became a probation agent in Richland County here in Columbia, South Carolina. And I realized that the same kids that I saw in my dorm when they were 15, 16 years old are now still in the system as young adults. And so from there, I decided to go back to school and get my master's in school counseling. There was an alternative way for me to get certified to teach. And so I went through the PACE program and eventually I wound up getting into the classroom. But at the time I was going, I was going through the PACE program. I was working on my master's. I was in the classroom all at the same time. So, but I like that one thing that you talked about is that thread of you knew you wanted to work with kids. And so you had to to really push through. And there's a couple of nuggets that you share that I want to highlight. One of those being in terms of challenges. Like if you think of your biggest challenge to get to where you are right now, what was that challenge and how did you persevere to get to where you are? So the biggest challenge was moving forward and pushing through even in spite of failures. I talked about going through the PACE program in order to get to my teaching license. But in order for me to get through the uh, the PACE program, I had to take the Praxis. And I failed the Praxis three times. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those where I knew the content, but I was running out of time. It was, it's a time test. So I was running out mm-hmm. of time on the essay portion. And I, I, it was frustrating. I kept going back and I'm like, I know the answer, but I just keep running out of time. And one day I was sharing with a friend what was going on and any advice that they may have in regards to me passing the, the praxis. And she was telling me, she was like, well, why don't you just bullet point it? And I right. was like, you can do that? And mm-hmm. so when she told me, yes, you can do that. The very next day, I wound up taking the praxis again and I was bullet pointing and everything else. And I finally was successful in passing the praxis. But it would have been so easy for me to say, man, it's just not meant to be. I tried and I couldn't pass, but just knowing that God had so much more for me and that there was something on the other side, like I know he placed this in my heart for a reason and just Mm. pushing through. That was how I kind of got over those personal challenges and me getting out of my own way. Ooh, that's so good. The the nugget there, and I I really want this to to land with people. Oftentimes people go and they hear their purpose and they know it, but when they get the rejection, they quit and they say, well, this must not be it. And they let that stop them. So I'm encouraging you, if you know what is in your spirit, you know what God is telling you to do, you have to push through until you get to the other side. Another thing that Michael shared that uh, asking for help you know, if you are struggling and you know that yes. you're failing and you know that things aren't working right, you got to ask people to for feedback or help or suggestions. Oftentimes we don't ask because we're afraid, we're embarrassed, and therefore we don't get the help and the support we need. But if you ask for what you need, God will place it in people's heart to help you. So great yes. uh, nuggets that you shared there. Another thing that you shared about Black men in education and there not being a a lot of Black men. So what prompted you to say, you know, hey, I want to be this Black man in this field where there's not a lot of people who look like me? 
representation matters, right? We have, even right now in the school that I work in, there are three black men in that building. One black male, well, now we just hired a new teacher. So two black males who are teachers, the director of guidance is a black male, and then myself. Mm. We have a school of 950 kids, 60% are African-American. Wow. So I have more black male custodians than I have black men who have a teaching license in that building. Oh, wow. So just knowing that our kids are affected because they need to see somebody who looks like them. And mm-hmm. so those are the things that kind of keep me going. I was in, before I was in the current role that I'm in, I was at an elementary school and I would wear, I, I wanted to make sure that I represented in a positive light. And so I would come to work every day with the exception of Fridays, but every day I would come to work in a shirt and tie. And I would always come in a shirt and tie because I wanted them to see something positive. And God bless the the kids. But I had a couple of students and they were probably maybe in the first grade. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, but they came and asked me, are you the janitor? Wow. And so, you know, that's just kind of a little piece that made me realize like, no, I'm in the right place. I'm doing the right thing because they need to see something other than, and God bless those who work. We have a lot of people who work very hard. Our bus drivers, our cafeteria Mm -hmm. workers, our custodians work very hard, but we also need to show them the other side as well and show them what an education can do for you. Mm. I love that. And you were also mistaken for a model, but he didn't want to say that on the podcast. I was, I was. (laughs) So he's a model or a custodian, either or. Yes, but yes, yes. I love it. So as we talk about, and, you know, of course, you you all who are listening know my journey and, and how faith has anchored me in my career, being a family of faith and parents raising us. Uh, how has faith guided your career? You mentioned earlier about your journey uh, about trusting God. How has that faith guided you on your professional career journey? I would say that, especially through the the trials and tribulations, those ups and downs, those struggling times, just understanding that God had something for me on the other side. Currently, I, I pray for I pray for my covering while I'm at work. I pray for wisdom. I pray for discernment. I pray for the students. I pray for the teachers. Because honestly, and it's 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 not where I'm sitting in my office and I'm, you know, kneeling down. It's just gentle conversation, those gentle whispers to God those little conversations throughout the day, just those little praises throughout the day. And that's what helps keep me focused. And just understanding that no matter what it is that I'm going through, that God is teaching me something. There is something Mm -hmm. that I I need to learn in that experience and in that moment. And it may be hard to see at the time, but just understanding that he is refining me for a greater purpose down the road. And so I, I, I don't take those moments and those struggles lightly. Yeah. And speaking of struggles and challenges, I like to ask about those sacrifices again on that journey of purpose and finding and figuring and getting to where you are. Uh, I know there are challenges and setbacks that can happen along the way. 
what were some of the personal sacrifices and challenges that you had and how did you overcome them? Well, of course, everybody sees the success. Nobody sees the struggles. They don't see the tears. They don't see the frustrations. They don't see any of those things. And I think those are the things that help make you stronger. I know that people don't see when, especially when I was first getting into education, when my wife and I were both going through the master's program, our degree, in, our, our master's in school counseling. You know, I'm just now getting into the classroom finally for the first time. I was working as a seventh grade social studies teacher and doing my internship for my school counseling degree. And I was also going through the PACE program at the same time. So people didn't see when I'm working Monday through Friday mm-hmm. in the school. And then on the weekends, how I'm driving out of town to go to class so I can finish up these programs. And at the time, like I said, I was going through two programs. So I was going through, you know, working on my master's and working on the PACE program. And and so it, it did require a lot of sacrifices. I wound up having to push things back a year. You know, I could have finished up a, a little bit sooner for my master's. But, you know, there were times where I wasn't able to attend class for my master's because I had to go for the PACE program because I'm trying to get my teaching certificate. So there were sacrifices that were made, but none of it would have been possible without my wife. She was my anchor. She was my backbone. She was my she was my support. She was everything. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without her, without my parents, without you. True. you constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the constant encouragement, even though there were times where I didn't feel like I was living up to my own potential, you all never judged me. You continued to support me. You continued to encourage me. You continued to uplift me even through love. And, and I would not have been able to do it without that support group around me. Right. That's so important to have a support group. You know, when you think about making a leap or, or following in what God has for you and doing those scary things and doing those things that are really hard, you've got to have people around you who are going to pour positive in you. I share it's like that plant, right? You have people who are going to pour water into that plant to help it grow and uh, flourish. And you have people who are going to pull up that seed and pull up that plant. Ask yourself, are the people around me, are they the people pouring water into the plant or are they people digging up the seed? If you don't have enough people who are pouring water into what God has placed in your spirit, then go find some. Go pray for those people to surface themselves. So that way, when you're walking in your path, walking in what God has, you've got people cheering for you, supporting you, encouraging you, lifting you up when you stumble versus tripping you up for you to fall. Oh, that was good. So somebody write that down. That was a good point. Um, <laughs> so as we as we talk about um, and I love your, your support system and Cordelia is amazing. So shout out to Cordelia, who is listening, I am sure uh, yes. as we talk about your, you know, your legacy, the legacy of Michael Glover, what legacy do you want to leave behind in your profession as well as overall life? Well, first I am a father of two. I'm, I'm, I'm a husband of going on 15 years. I am a father of two awesome boys, ages nine and three. I I'm an educator. And I, I one of the things that I just want to make sure that people understand is that 
first of all, and and my my dad says it the best: God first, family mm-hmm. second, then everything else can come after that. Right? I want everybody to know that I love my family. I love working with kids, even working with kids that may be challenging. Right? Mm-hmm. But every student that comes into my office. I promise I treat them as if they were my children there. I would I wouldn't say anything to that mm-hmm. child that I would not tell my own son or if I had a daughter my own daughter. So I want people to understand that I do have a heart for kids and that I love kids and that I understand and you gave the perfect analogy that I love to use that you know it's sowing seeds, right? Working with children is sowing seeds. You're not always going to get to see the fruit of your labor. Right. Right. Maybe maybe my job is just to water the seed and maybe my job is to put a little sunshine on the seed. And, you know, there are times where I have to put fertilizer on the seed and it stinks. But but I but that's a part of the nurturing. Right. Um, There are some kids that are going to that are going to blossom and you're going to see the little the little bud coming through and you're like, oh, look Mm -hmm. at the little blood. Oh, that one has a little leaf. Oh, that one has a little fruit. And then you're going to see some where you're pouring the water and it's just mud, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that it's not working, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean, it, just, it just means that it hasn't matured yet. And so just understanding that there is work to be done when we're dealing with students and children, um, that there is so much potential. I it, It's never lost upon me that the child that I had in my classroom could be the next president or be the future president of the United States. Mm-hmm. It could be the student who discovers a cure for cancer, right? And I tell the students this as well. I, I tell them, look around at your classmates. You're sitting with somebody who could be the next pop star, the next, you know, billionaire. You never know. And so that's the beautiful thing about working with kids is the potential is limitless. Right. Oh, that is beautiful. So, you know, and and be nice to those kids because then you yes. don't want to be the person in their book that's the bad guy. Right? Yes, you don't yes. want to be the bully of the book. Yeah. So they, they say they say I may not remember what it is that you said to me, but I remember how you made me feel. And yes. I always remind students that, like, don't be that kid, right? If you don't have mm-hmm. anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. Not everything that comes to your head needs to come out of your mouth. And that same phrase can be given to some adults. (laughs) Not everything that comes in your head needs to come out of your mouth. So that's a lesson for all of us. That gets universal. And I I like to ask, you know, all of the guests on the show about their why. I think the why is the the thread that connects everything together that we do in both, you know, our personal lives and our professional lives. It's understanding that because once you know your why in life, it helps anchor and guide the what that you do. So oftentimes we do so many things, but if it doesn't align, we wonder why are we so drained? Why are we not being poured into? Why are we feeling like something's not working? And so when you look at the thread and the needle of your why in your life, what would you define that as? I honestly believe that if there was a magic wand to fix all of society's ills, right? Poverty, racism, social injustice, I believe that that magic wand would be education. And Nelson Mandela once stated, education is the most powerful weapon we have Mm -hmm. to change the world. 
And I believe that. And so there are times where I get frustrated. I get frustrated with the system. I get frustrated with, you know, the bureaucracy. There are times mm-hmm. where you were doing your best for kids. And there are times where parents take it and it feels like it's an adversarial role when it should be more of a partnership. So those are things that, you know, while those frustrations occur, I keep going back to the why, which is I believe that we need education, especially in the future generations, to help fix all of society's ills and to change the world. That's why it's important that we have kids who are critical thinkers, right, to think outside the box, not doing things just because that's the way we've always done it, right? thinking of different ways to do things. So that's probably my biggest why. Wow. Powerful quote that just really resonate, I hope, with all of you listening. Speaking of in terms of education, and we talked about, you know, the lack of uh, representation in education of Black males. What some advice or words that you would share with those Black men interested in education or people who are listening who know, you know, their sons who may be considering, but not sure if they want to go into education, what advice would you get to encourage them to enter or explore the field of education? The funny thing is one of the kids that we, my dad and I used to mentor through Reach One, Save One, he just came to me, this was probably last year actually. And he called and said he was thinking about going into education. You know, I explained to him how I went through the PACE program and everything else. And then Fast forward to just a few weeks ago, he called me and told me that he was accepted into the PACE program. Oh, wow. And last week, one of the assistant principals at at one of the local high schools gave me a call because the young man listed me as a reference. And so I, of course, told him how awesome this kid is and everything else. And he was like, it was apparent you know, in the interview, but we just had to verify things in the Mm -hmm. as far as the reference. And so I was excited. He wound up getting the job. This was just last week. Wow. Congratulations. I want to encourage, I want to encourage any black males out there that if you feel that you have a passion or a heart to work with kids, please, please, we need you. And the reason being is because a lot of our kids who look like us, don't see us, Mm, at least in the classrooms and in the school setting. And so I encourage anybody, if you have, if you have a heart to work with kids, come on. And even if it's not teaching, volunteering to coach, volunteering in the schools to assist, there are so many things that we need in the educational setting because kids need to see positive role models. They need to see positive role models. And so um, I encourage you, you know, look into it. If you have any questions or anything like that, Michelle can connect you to me and I, I can answer any questions. Now, understand that in South Carolina, the certification process may be different than your respective states, but look into it. Awesome. So, and you can also follow Michael on LinkedIn, uh, Michael Glover, and connect with him there as well. And, but you can also connect with me. I'll be more than happy to make that connection if you have questions or, you know, want advice uh, for yourself or for the, for the person in your life who may be interested or looking into education. And, uh, you know, I say, hopefully, well, 
hopefully this happens, that it gets so big and so crowded, you know, his inbox is blowing up, but, uh, you know, just be respectful that he is also, uh, as he mentioned, a professional, he is a husband, he is a father of two kids. So also just be mindful of the, the time that you're asking. And so it's, and as it's Michael Glover Jr. Michael Glover Jr. Jr. Yes. Don't yes. reach out to my dad because he won't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so in terms of hashtags, and we're always ending the show with hashtags. If you had to hashtag your journey to profession, purpose to profession alignment, what would your hashtag be of your career journey? My hashtag would probably be education is the magic wand. Mm, powerful hashtag. Education is the magic wand. So you're looking for this episode, you want to share it, make sure you use that hashtag. Now, I asked you for kind of words of advice for people who are interested in going into education. But now we just close just any closing remarks or comments to people who are looking to find their purpose in their career, who had those failures and wondering, is this for me? I, I feel like there's so many things against me right now. What words of encouragement would you provide him or her on their journey to finding and living their purpose in the workplace? Just understanding that struggles are going to happen, all right, but not to run from it, embrace it, because that's where the growth happens. I've probably learned more about myself as far as resilience. Mm -hmm. I say this humbly. I really do. But just understanding that I can do it, right? I can do it and not to give up. If success was easy, then everybody would be successful, but it's not. And understanding that people are going to see the success, but they're not going to see the grind. And that's where the magic is going to happen. And that's where that's where you go to the next level. But I also want to say this, and I'm saying this to the CEO of Journey Unlimited, but also to my sister, that I'm very proud of you, that you have been phenomenal in just your journey. And I know that there are struggles that you have had. I was, you know, we were there from the beginning. I remember when we all got together at mom and dad's table and we were talking about this and you were laying out yes. your plan and everything <laughs> yes. else. And so I was there from the beginning. So to see where you're at now, it is amazing. I'm, I'm just so proud of you. But even then, I know of the tears and the struggles from yes. what you share with me. But I still don't know everything because there were things that happened behind closed doors. There were things that you went through that I'm not aware of. And so I just want to let you know that I am proud of you. And I've always looked at you, um, even though I'm your big brother, you're my little sister, but I've always looked up to you. And I, I just want to let you know, I, I admire you, just your walk in your faith, you taking that step and doing what God has called you to do. So I'm just proud of you. And I'm, I'm oh. so honored to be here. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. That that was great. And yes, I remember us sitting at the dining room table. Yes. <laughs> and yes. also, you know, speaking of support, I mean, my family has been the best support system that anyone can have. In fact, I remember collectively is how we came up with the name Journey Unlimited. That was yes. a family effort. But, you know, I'm truly blessed to have a support system 
and truly who encourage me, support me. But Michael is right, you know, as he talks about, you know, people don't see what's behind closed doors. And oftentimes we think when you talk purpose that it's always rainbows, unicorns and sunshine, but it's not. I mean, it is something that you have to push and press forward because, you know, if you don't, you are being disobedient to what God has called you for. So kudos to Michael. You see why I invited him on my show, not just because he is my brother, but because he has an inspiring story, an inspiring testimony. And really, I say the sky is not the limit. The sky is the baseline. And I know what is for him is is going to be great. And the lives that he touches uh, through the education system, uh, people would be blessed abundantly. So. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. I am with all the feels uh, for today because of what was poured into me. And I know Michael and the steel uh, was poured into me and I pray was also poured into you. So thank you for tuning into the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I pray that you are blessed and enriched by today's content. I pray that you choose to walk purposeful and powerful in your career journey. If this message resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast. And for more resources on how I can support your career journey, please visit journeyunlimited.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and bye for now.